All right, welcome to this week's the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, the sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota, and also the host of the uh, Taking Time with Travis podcast. Uh, two episodes now, find it on uh, the KORN website, also on Facebook. It is none other than my good friend, Travis Krins. Travis, how we doing? We're doing good. Good. We're doing good. Good, good, good. Uh, you had a good birthday last week. We got some. We had easily, easily, the best weekend of football, playoff football, ever. And I do not think it will be topped, certainly in our lifetimes. It t- it would take a sh- sheer magnitude of something astronomical to have a weekend better than the weekend we just had with the endings we had, and certainly capped off by the best. Argue, I, I would say it's the best playoff game of all time. Chiefs or Bills Chiefs in the AFC divisional round. I thought Saturday was one of the worst playoff days I've ever seen. I can see that just because of how low scoring and bad uh, playing they were. Is that yeah. correct? So people are saying our greatest weekend ever. It's like three of the four games were terrible. One game was good. One game was one of the best ever. That's good. Mm-hmm. The Packers 49ers game was one of the worst playoff games I've ever seen. It was, but it was awesome like, to see a six seed take down a one seed and see Aaron Rodgers get beat, baby. <laughs> so, like, the field goal, like, the game had to end sometime and nobody did anything. Yeah. I watched the first half. Nothing happened. I didn't watch the third quarter. I came back and watched the fourth, and it was seven to three. Mm-hmm. Like nothing was happening in this game. And Bengals and Titans. That was a poorly played game. The Ryan Tannehill was awful. Joe Burrow wasn't any good. Mm-hmm. Agreed with that. It was, it was not good football. It wasn't good football. It just wasn't any good. But and then I watched the first it. half of Rams Bucks. Yeah, that was bad. And I'm like, this this is a blowout. This is just domination. Then I go to volleyball, then I check my phone, I see it's thirty to twenty seven they won. I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> so I go back during halftime of Buffalo, Kansas City and watch the final five minutes of that and and see what uh I saw what, what had happened and I wanna actually see it. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, there was a big pass, fumble, missed field goal, score and it was tied. So yep. It was one very good game, one great game. But yeah, I, I, I do not agree with greatest divisional round ever just because like every game ended on the final play. That's nice, but yeah, these these games were not good. It yeah, was so so in, and I understand that point. Uh, being like the the overall play of the game wasn't great. I think certainly Rams Bucks was. I think the Rams-Bucks was the worst game of the bunch. And I say that for a few different reasons. One, um, the, the Rams had four turnovers in this game. Uh, they, they were just so sloppy. Cam Akers fumbles it twice. You have the bad snap. You have a, a missed field goal, a 47-yard missed field goal that, that was short by, by Matt Gay. I think he was the all-pro kicker uh, this year for the Rams. Uh, the, the Bucks weren't very crisp offensively. They were without several start. It, it was bad on their part, yet they still found a way to, to hang around and eventually tie this game 
up 27-27. They, they can't cover Co- Cooper Cup. Like that's the one guy you need to to cover at all times. Um, so it was a it was an exciting finish to that game because you kept. I mean, they brought it up several times on the broadcast. Twenty eight to three. Tom Brady knows what it's like to be down in these situations. Twenty eight three, just like in the Super Bowl, they came back and won. But I would say for the overall play that that was probably the worst. Now certainly, 49ers Packers, you could look at that the same way. Because the 49ers had negative yards of total offense after four drives. They were 4-3 and outs. The Packers drove down the field on their first possession, scored a touchdown right away, and looked like they're in line to score again until Mercedes Lewis fumbled it, the Packers' tight end. And that's when the game shifted. And still, you know, the, the 49ers struggled. They didn't score an offensive touchdown in the game. But you had poor uh, special teams play by uh, the, by the Packers with a blocked field goal at the end of the first half. That they were lucky that uh, I think it's Bjork was the their punter and also the holder. He fell on that football because otherwise I think the 49ers are going to have a blocked field goal return for a touchdown there. That's what it looked like it could have been. But they do get a blocked punt in the fourth quarter return for a touchdown, and then they drive down and score. It was just I think. From that, from that, the standpoint, the reason why I think I would rank Packers 49ers higher is because of, okay, it's Aaron Rodgers. You're waiting for something, and it's just this epic collapse and choke job by the, the Packers, which I think the majority of the country outside of the, the faithful at, at Lambeau and Packers fans around the country wanted to see. We wanted to see Rodgers choke, and to see him struggle as bad as he did at home uh, was just mesmerizing. I'd say Packers 49ers was the worst game. I'd rank them like, what, what game would you want to rewatch? Oh, Bill's Chiefs, without question. That one. And then the other ones, I certainly don't want to see Packers 49ers again because nothing happened. It was a soccer game. Buffalo or the, the Tennessee Bengals game, that was that was bad as well. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to rewatch the Rams Buccaneers. To where at least the Rams were good, or at least a half, mm-hmm. and he had a good finish. So it was not for me anywhere close to being the best round of playoffs I've ever seen. It was closer to being one of the worst. What? What? Do you... Saturday. It was Saturday was awful. There were it was one touchdown pass in the two games. One touchdown <laughs> pass in two games on Saturday, and that was with Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Burrow didn't throw one, and there was one offensive touchdown in the uh, night game. What would you consider to be the best weekend of playoff football that you have seen then? I don't know. I was looking at the divisional round, and it's probably the just one that I looked back five or six years, and it was the, the Viking Saints weekend with the Minneapolis Miracle. Sure. You had that game. You had Philadelphia and Atlanta. It was fifteen to ten. That wasn't not a lot happened. No, Julio Jones had that. a chance to catch the touchdown there at the end that would have put the Falcons yeah. ahead, and they would have won the game there. But that came down to the last seconds, mm-hmm. and then you had um, you had Jacksonville curb stomp Pittsburgh. That was the upset. It was forty five forty two. That was a lot happened there. Then there was another game. That was a lot closer, I think, yeah. than the final score indicated. Or that was the game wasn't as close as the final score indicated in that one. Jacksonville was in firm control the entire game. 
And yeah. at least, at least what I remember, that Jacksonville game was better than all three of those other yeah. games. So I don't know what the best is, but well, that's because points were scored. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't. It certainly wasn't last week, and a lot of people say that you know, this is the best ever. It's like these games were terrible. I'm watching Tennessee and Cincinnati, and like, and this just isn't very good. Tennessee is awful. Their quarterback sucks. Threw three interceptions. Derrick Henry was bad. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow wasn't any good. He didn't have a good game. Well, he got sacked nine times. <laughs> I know. That, I mean, that's fucking terrible. That offensive line was awful. Titans were great on that aspect. And that was just a terrible football game. That's no good. I think like no, no team ever, when you, when you sack somebody nine times, you never win that game. You don't win those games. And Cincinnati did because Titans turned it over three times. They decided to go for two Yeah, right away. Yep. Six to six tie, like first, second quarter. We're going to go for two. Didn't make sense. And if they didn't, they probably win the game. Yep. Like, I understand being aggressive and whatever the hell their thought process was. But it's six to six. Yeah. Kick the fucking extra point. I agree. That didn't make sense at the time, still doesn't. Uh, and I guess, you know what? I, I can see where you're coming from there. And I, I guess I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be a prisoner of the moment and kind of look back. I can't remember a weekend where I guess we had all these exciting finishes. Uh, but if you're going to look at the overall quality of play, awful. Uh, certainly yep, those first three games didn't live up to maybe what we've seen in the past. Now, I could say, you know, like the Minneapolis Miracle game, that wasn't great because the Saints were shut out for three quarters and then the Vikings couldn't do anything in the fourth quarter offensively until that final play. So, I I mean, that had certainly had the best finish, but that wasn't a, a great game and uh, the Eagles-Falcons. But, I mean, that that had close. So, I, I think you have so, uh, a point there. To be made, but, but, we, but like, you're you're not the only one saying that though, no, and everybody yeah, else yeah. is like the best ever. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, the best ever. It's like yes, upset three road teams won. That's oh, that's ever happened. Maybe happened once. Uh, every every game ends with a field goal or a last second touchdown. Great, Sean. A great, unbelievable. Nobody knew who was going to win until the end. That's great. But again, like I always say. Good finish doesn't mean good football game. If right. uh, there's a basketball game and it's 32 to 30 and somebody hits a shot at the end to win it, so yeah, good finish. But it was not probably a good game if it was 32 to 30. Yep. So, yep. yeah, good for San Francisco winning, but it was 13 10. And it was 7 to 3 at the uh, start of the. At the fourth quarter. Yep. And a lot of people say one of the Giants. Patriots Super Bowls was a great. I didn't think any of them were great games. Yeah, the seventeen fourteen was the, the game to end the uh, the 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 stop the well, Patriots from an undefeated season. It was that one or the other one. It was like like yeah, it was like seven to three at the end of the third quarter or yep. something like that. Yep. It's like nothing happened for a long time. So I. I <laughs> You know, you know what? greatest ever, I would say, not 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 a chance, and it would be closer to the worst ever because that's those two games on Saturday. Those were bad. Like, tell me games that were worse than yeah. that. They were not even good. So I I think personally that this was one of the best weekends of football that I can remember, just based on the endings. But looking at the collective 
totality, the body of work. If, if you're looking at all these games and how they, you know, just like the overall play of it, I see your point and you're kind of swaying me here to think that. Now, I would need to look at other games. But I do think, you won't get me off of this, that the Bills-Chiefs was the best ever playoff game that I can ever remember. This surpassed Cardinals-Steelers in the Super Bowl. This surpassed... This surpassed just about anything that I can remember because of how clean it was played. Only four penalties. There were no turnovers. Uh, and just the back and forth throughout the game, but especially in the last two minutes. And we're going to get to the to the major reason here. I like I because and this is where I think we will probably vehemently disagree uh, based on the overtime stuff because. Okay. Well, I, 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 uh, not so much on the overtime. Okay. The greatest kid ever, 100% yes, disagree. What is the greatest game ever? I mean, this, this is right up there. Like, not even playoffs, not even in it. I mean, this is one of the greatest games ever played. Yes. In any sport ever, playoffs, regular season, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever. It just was. Yep. This was the Super Bowl. This yes. weekend was very memorable. I remember this because of all the close games and all the upsets. Yep. It was very memorable. It wasn't very well played, but it was memorable. But yeah, it was one of the one of the greatest sporting games ever played. It just was. Yep. Okay. So I mean, so good. We're in agreement there. Um, and just again, it was the back and forth. Like you have the Bills on their first drive, they go down and score a touchdown. They convert two fourth downs because Sean McDermott had said. During like the the, uh, the production meetings with Nance and Romo and Tracy Wilson, he was like, "Well, hey, we, we can't settle for field goals here. We got to score." And sure enough, they go from fourth and two, like inside midfield, there, and they score, uh, or they and they convert, and they convert it again on fourth down. I did find it a little interesting when they punted on like a fourth and two and a fourth and four. I'm like, "Well, where's the aggressive nature there?" That was later in the game after I think the Chiefs had tied it up at seven. Mahomes went, ran rampant uh, in the first half. Uh, it was just so they eventually contained some of the Bills' offense there, but it wasn't like, "Oh, this is bad play." I mean, Josh Allen played incredibly well. He's possibly had the best two-game stretch ever we've seen of a quarterback in the playoffs, um, and he's and he's done now. But you know, apart from you know, Butker missing that field goal at the end of the first half and then missing an extra point, the Chiefs were relatively flawless. The, the one bad play that they had was after the the, the Tyreek Hill punt return for that was saved by the punter, Matt Hack, for Buffalo. And he gets Hill gets tackled at the 16, and the Chiefs run it a couple times. Like, okay, that makes sense. And then third and one, they go to their, their bag of tricks and have Blake Bell, the backup tight end, take the snap and then run a, a little option play to Jarek McKinnon that was nowhere close to picking up a first down. It was a bad decision there, but the the Chiefs get a field goal there, but that swung the momentum back in favor of the Bills, and that, that's where the Bills drove down the field on that, what, 17-18 play drive. They convert a fourth and 13 for a touchdown, I and mean, Gabriel Davis is wide open. He puts an incredible move on what, was Mike Hughes, the cornerback for the Chiefs there. And then that's where you get all this back and forth. Like, okay, you know, it's 29-26. And then the Chiefs score. Tyreek Hill just blows by everyone. Two things on that Tyreek Hill touchdown. One, 
I think there should have been a, a taunting penalty there. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna say that taunting is a point of emphasis, if that's not taunting, I don't know what is. That's a, that's the same thing as Antoine Winfield flashing the peace sign uh, last year to to Hill in the Super Bowl. So I thought that was a penalty that wasn't called. But when the Chiefs score there, I'm like, a minute two with three timeouts? That might be too much time for uh, that, that you left on the clock there for the Bills. But when that when that happened there, just that, that initial sequence, what, what did you think of the game at that point? Even before that, let's say Buffalo would have won on that long drive with two minutes. Mm-hmm. They go down, they score the touchdown, Kansas City gets it, doesn't score, and the Bill won. Even then, after that, it went, oh, this, this, this was a really good game. Yep. Really good game, and then, yep. um, you know, the, the, the Ravens-Vikings finish from 10 years ago. Yes, that crazy, yep, yep. In, in a different fashion, that's, that's what happens. So there's been a finish like this before. Was that the, is that the only other game that's had a... a um, a lead change three times inside of the final two minutes. That was, of course, in the regular season, not the playoffs. But is that the only other game? I, I would think so, yeah. Because there were 32, 34 points scored in, like, the final 205. Mm-hmm. 204. So, yeah, you had, um, like, four touchdowns. Three, four touchdowns. Four, five touchdowns scored in the final two-plus minutes of that one. But yeah, it was it was amazing. But that last drive, I mean, thirteen seconds to go, um, Buffalo, terrible, just yeah. So Buffalo, it's thirty three twenty nine. So field goal does you no good. So the Bills go down. Gabriel Davis had a couple of nice grabs there initially to kind of get them in range. Cole Beasley with the catch, and then again, it's just Gabriel Davis streaking right down the middle of the field, and I. I think one thing we have to to think about in all of this is that if the Chiefs have Tyron Matthew, if they have the Honey Badger playing, Davis doesn't have 201 yards and four touchdowns. I don't know what Allen's stats are. He would have had a great game. But he wouldn't have had the game that he did if Matthew plays. He, he just wouldn't. The Honey Badger is one of the best safeties in the game. And they picked at the, the Chiefs there. They The Chiefs secondary was not good. Uh, for large stretches of the the fourth quarter, but if if the Honey Badger plays instead of getting knocked out by his own teammate at the on the first drive of the game, this game plays out much different. Um. So, but yeah, 13 seconds left. The Bills score a touchdown. Gabriel, it's like, oh my gosh! The CBS shows a picture of Josh Allen's dad. Oh, they closed the farm down and all this stuff. I mean, he looks like his dad, and he looks like a big son of a gun, and not a guy that I would want to get in a fight with. But the place is stunned. There's 13 seconds left. We're almost crowning the Bills as the AFC, uh, the, the champions of this game. Like, what a classic! What an instant classic! And they're talking, well, what do you do here? You gotta probably squib kick it. You gotta do something. And the Bills kick it through the end zone. I'm like, what? What that's a that's such a bad play right there. You gotta do a squib, you gotta get some time runoff. Then the Chiefs on their first play, a great setup, because you throw the pass to Hill, and then was it Kelsey and Hardman or whoever else is downfield with Kelsey are blocking to allow Hill to pick up the 19 yards. Call timeout with eight seconds left. You're you got a great shot to get in a field goal range. 
The very next play, Kelsey t- runs a route and doesn't even get touched. Like, the Bills don't even bump him. They, they don't do anything. Kelsey runs up the middle of the field, or, you know, kind of on the left hash there. He picks up, he gets to the 31, sets up a potential game-winning field goal, a very makeable field goal for Butker, who I have to think was incredibly nervous. And, you know, given the fact that he had missed a 50-yard field goal, he had missed an extra point, and he was hugging the uprights much of the game. And he boots it through, and we're tied at 36. And it's just like, oh my goodness, what an epic finish. Just a complete bedshitting by the Bills there. Some absolutely baffling decisions by the Bills in those final 13 seconds. It's like they had just figured they had already won the game. They rushed four. They had five guys back. They had two guys like 30, 30, 40 yards back. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Chiefs did exactly what they needed to do. They needed, they needed about maybe five yards less than they got. They were in great position, and it took them ten seconds. They had three seconds to spare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the added second that the that the 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 officials put on the game clock from seven to eight, I could see where maybe some people were like, "Well, they gained that extra second. That is, it wouldn't have mattered." Could, okay. You would have snapped it with a field goal at two seconds. It didn't matter. They got the two plays off when they needed to without the added additional second there. And you see what Dallas did the week before in their bum fuckery of... Yes. With no timeouts and they're running quarterback sneaks. And all of that shit that Kansas City did took less time than that. Mm-hmm. They went 40 yards with two timeouts in 10 seconds. There's a reason why they're, they are who they are, and Dallas is who they are. Mm-hmm. But uh, Buffalo, like Buffalo literally could have tackled every receiver they had at the line of scrimmage, sat on them for five seconds, yeah, and that would have been better than what they did. Take the penalty, take the couple-second runoff. Yep. I just don't know what these teams do in these situations. You can literally double, again, you could double cover every guy. You rush four, that was at least one or two too many, probably – Rush two guys. Rush two guys, put nine in coverage. They had four receivers. You put two on every guy. And they're playing zone. They're playing back. I just don't understand. Would you have squib kicked it? Would you have done Yeah, I would have helped too, but then I I saw last time. Last time they squib kicked it like this. The the Titans did what the Titans did in 1999, so. Sure. There's that, but unlikely to happen. But yes, I mean, like literally every second counts in this thing. Like the Chiefs have two, they have three plays to do something. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get within field goal range in the first two, you're probably going to win it. So they didn't prevent that from happening. Leslie Frazier or whoever was just awful. So Mm -hmm. for for him to be a head coaching candidate, that's, I think that's ridiculous. What he did with the Vikings (laughs) was awful. And just Buffalo's got a good defense, but if the Bears hire him, then good fucking luck to that. Yeah, you know, it was it, the one thing that kind of went through my mind with the Bills and just how they they botched this these last thirteen seconds up from special teams to to defense. I equate it to in college basketball. When you are up by three in the final seconds and the, the, the team's got to go down the length of the court to get a three-pointer on, up and you choose not to foul. There's like four seconds left or five seconds left. And you choose not to foul. Well, why wouldn't you foul? Because you would get – they have to – you'd only get two 
free throws there. I mean, I know you aren't trying to extend the game, but then they make a three-pointer and you go to overtime. Like, that's how, that's how this game felt to me. The Bills should have fouled with that lead, and instead they didn't. They allowed the Chiefs to have that chance, and they ultimately lose in overtime because the coin toss, which the Bills got to call. Remember, it's not like Allen called tails. It was heads. Chiefs got the ball. They drove down the field, and they score a touchdown. A tremendous catch by Kelsey. It's 42-36. The Chiefs win an absolutely epic game. Uh, a game in which I have never... It is just insane. Absolutely insane. Pandemonium. I feel bad for Buffalo fans, but you have to remember the final 13 seconds of this game and how badly that you played in that one. And then we get to all the prisoners of the moment on Twitter saying, oh, the NFL needs to change the OT rules. No, they don't. I am in a minority in in this opinion, but I am not, like, this is not a soul. There are more people out there who support the fact that you got to just keep the OT rules the same because guess what Buffalo could have done? They could have stopped the Chiefs from getting in the end zone. They didn't. They could have stopped the Chiefs from getting in the field goal range at the end of the game with 13 seconds left. They didn't. They could have kicked differently. They didn't. The Bills could have stopped the Chiefs, and they did not. So tell me, oh, yeah, well, Allen should have had a chance to win at the end. Yeah, you know what? He should have if the Bills' defense could have come up with the stop. But they didn't. That's the game of football. So I'm sorry that you all think that this should be fair and then the Bills should get a chance. The Bills screwed up so many times before this. Why? Why? What are we doing here? And so to all of these people who say, oh, the OT rules need to change. All I see is, oh, OT is, NFL OT is the worst. And clearly they've never watched a college football game. They Just show them Illinois-Penn State from this year and the, the nine overtime two-point conversion fuckery that went on there that was just awful it's awful football to watch but you just all oh we got to change it okay what do you want to change it to and there's crickets because they don't have a solution so i propose a the only viable solution that i see here is you play an entire 15 minute quarter and at the end of that whatever is the score is the score it's kind of like an extra time in soccer like the first goal in soccer doesn't win you play this whole extra 20 minute session or whatever now i'm fine with the current overtime rules as they are but if you are going to try and appease the the masses the prisoners of the moment here the only viable solution is to play an entire 15-minute quarter because if you think of it, the oh, well, if one team scores a touchdown, the other team needs to get the ball, okay? And then we go to sudden death if they score. Well, at that point, you may as well just play the whole damn quarter, a 15-minute quarter. But then I don't want to hear people bitching and complaining when someone goes down with an injury because they've played 74 minutes of tough, rugged football and you lose them for the championship game. Like, like if Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen had gotten hurt there and people would be like, Whoa, what is this? We got to make football safe. You asked for this. So if you're going to change the OT rules, then you can't bitch and complain if there's a significant injury to a star. You just can't. That's my rule. And, you know, like Matt Zimmer was like, that's a bad take. And then I explained to him, hey, this is what's going on. I was like, okay, I get behind that. Well, that's what I've been fucking saying this whole time on Twitter. Like, 
it, I, I, I put the cons- the same consistent message out time and time again. No one, and again, no one else is offering their suggestion. And if they are, they're like, well, college overtime isn't that bad. The, f- the hell it ain't. It sucks. All right, I'm off my soapbox for now. I might get back on it, but uh, your thoughts. My solution to this problem is both teams get the ball once, and then you play after that. So would a 15-minute quarter be – but no. why are you rewarding – You don't need – you don't need to play 15 minutes. You play – Chiefs get the ball. Whatever they do, whatever. Buffalo will get it no matter what. But Buffalo, they have a chance to answer, which appeases everybody that wants both teams to get it. And if they score a touchdown – then, all right, then we're in sudden death. Next team scores. Both teams have got it once. I mean, nobody can complain about that. And that's your solution. I am all for the NFL helping the defense out because the game is so geared towards offenses, like it's just too ticky-tack. So I think there needs to be a little leeway given to defenses. But guess what? You gotta stop. This isn't a this isn't a damn participation ribbon where oh everyone needs a chance and blah blah blah. How about just keep them out of the damn end zone? Just keep them out of the end zone. The Bills couldn't do that. The Chiefs did. And guess what? The Bills got to determine the coin flip. I'm okay with the overtime all the way it is. Me too. Thank you. They changed it because of the Vikings. That's great. Yep. And I, I didn't hear people complaining about this. Or the Patriots beat the Chiefs a couple years ago. Yep. That was the same rules, was it not? It was. It sure was. I don't was. remember a huge outcry saying, oh, Tom Brady got the ball and scored. Patrick Mahomes never got it. We should change the rules. Well, the Chief, And the Chiefs tried to propose a rule change for that. It didn't so even, I don't know why. It didn't even come close to passing. And you know who also didn't support that rule change? Probably Kansas City. The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. So now I'm sure they do, maybe. I don't know. But my solution is both teams get the ball. And then if it's still tied, you then it's next uh, next score wins. Because I, I changed my mind on this this morning because I thought, do both teams get the ball in college in overtime? They do. Do both teams in high school get the ball? Yes. Do they? I, 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 I would assume so in, in high very school. Similar, but. At least in South Dakota. Uh, you get the ball at the 10-yard line. Instead of the 25 in college, it's at the 10. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure other high schools across the country do it however they do it. Really, sir, in South Dakota, it's first and goal from the 10, and you, and you, and you play from there. So yeah. they were, what college did the last couple of years has been ridiculous. But and I thought about it. Well, why doesn't both teams in the NFL get the ball? So I'm fine with it staying the way it is. They want to change it. That's fine, I guess. But I was swayed because high school and college, you both get the ball. And NFL, you should probably get the ball too, both teams. It's been, I think, in the playoffs, what, nine out of ten times, whoever wins the uh, coin toss I think has won it. I think I, I saw Scott Kazmar, uh, who you had on your podcast, who was very good on your podcast, uh, taking time with Travis. So take, take a look and uh, listen to that. But he, I think I saw something that's, Said it's now ten and one, with the only exception being the Saints Rams. 
from that, you know, the pass interference mm-hmm. game, the, you know, that debacle. Well, it's, it's a big advantage at that point. I don't know if the defenses are tired at that point or why it's been so easy to score, but it's very important who wins the, wins the, the, the flip, obviously. But yep. if, we're gonna, if they're going to change it, both teams get the ball once, and then we'll see where we're at, and the next score wins. I think that's an easy solution. So I, I just I'm not, I'm not too broken up about about Buffalo not getting the ball. No, and I, I'm not either. I just it's other people seem to be. They're like, oh my god! And I was like, well, that happens so. again. This is all. It's it's part. Football is a team game. It's offense, defense, and special teams. Well, did Buffalo succeed on special teams? Not with that kickoff. That was a bad decision. Did they play good defense there the last couple of plays in 13 seconds left? No, they didn't. Like, they could have won. We wouldn't even have this discussion right now if they had done that. And also, again, to counter, we like, Butker missed a field goal and an extra point. So it's it, it, it comes down to every, like, this game may not have even come or gone to overtime if certain plays had gone differently. Or, again, if Tyron Matthew plays the, the whole game. So... Guess what? That's that's part of the game. You have to play. You shouldn't be. Oh, well, we gave up something, uh, but can we get something in return? Like that's not how this works. Again, this is not the damn participation ribbon here. And I, not to sound like too much of a hypocrite here, I was I, I was glad that the NFL changed the overtime rules from what happened to the Vikings in the championship game because. Oh, we just got down in 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 the field goal range. Kicked a field goal. Now you you made it more difficult. You actually have to get into the end zone. So again, all the Bills have to do is stop Kansas City from scoring a touchdown, which they had done multiple times during the game. So it's not out of it's not like oh my goodness, the 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 Bills have no chance here. The defense could have come up with a stop. They could have come up with a turnover, and then Josh Allen leads the Bills down the field to kick their you know game-winning field goal. It, it it's just it, it's football is played in all these different facets, and you have to have good good special teams. Green Bay would love to have good special teams. Maybe they would have beat San Francisco if that were the case. But it, you just. It, it's remarkable to me how we're saying, oh, it's so unfair that Josh Allen didn't get the ball back. Well, maybe if Josh Allen and the Bills had done something on some of their other drives, we wouldn't be in that. They wouldn't be in that position. And again, play, play blame the defense. And then, like, well, you can blame the defense, but also say that the NFL OT rules are unfair. What the hell are, kind of conversation is that? Like, just stop. It just stop with this. It. It sucks. It sucks for the Bills. It's a it's a it's a bad ending to their season. But guess what? They didn't make enough plays and the Chiefs did. That's what happens in this game. Yeah. It's for people to complain about it. Like I don't know, were they complaining earlier in the year when other games ended in overtime when the first team scored? No. But I don't know why it needs to be changed now, because it was because people enjoyed the game, I don't know, because I wanted Buffalo to win. I don't know, it's like both teams had it at the end. And a lot of plays, just, I mean, 13 seconds left, stop them. 
And then, oh, I, no. and then I see all these like really ridiculous things like, well, I don't. Both teams run to midfield or like a, you know, like bid on like a starting yardage. Like, what the hell are we doing here? This isn't. Do the every then give them the ball once, and then if it's tied, keep going. Like, it doesn't need to be a huge. Oh, it's have the kickers kick from the fifty until they miss. Like it's it's a very easy solution. Yeah. Call if the, they want, they can. You know, it's not it's not a big change. I'm not a fan of college football overtime to begin with, uh, but I'm even less of a fan with the, the changes that they've installed now with these two-point conversion. Att- like, it's not even just, oh, you score a touchdown, you have to go for two after the third overtime. It's, we're just running two-point conversion plays now. That's not football. And neither is football being played from first and 10 at the 25 for both Team. Like, that's not a viable solution. It may be in the college ranks because college kickers aren't great and you, you just never know what happens. I would be fine if they would just do it like the NFL does and you just kick off and, and that's that. The NFL, at least, is going to make you work to score a touchdown and not cut the field in half or by 60%. That's not football either. So why do people think that that's some great phenomenon? I... I seriously don't understand why people think college football overtime is better than NFL overtime. That the only thing you're saying is because it's more fair because both teams get the ball. Okay, great. Here are participation ribbons for everyone. Every team should get into a bowl game then. Because let's just do it. Who gives a shit if you were, you know, like if you were San or UNLV going one and eleven this year? You get in a bowl game. You get in a bowl game. Like Oprah giving away bowl game invitations here. Like that's that's not football. Stop saying we have to include everyone. It's a, At the end of the day, the Bills didn't make enough plays, and the Chiefs did. So everyone else, shut the hell up unless you have a good, viable solution. A good, viable solution. And I have not seen that a lot on Twitter or you know TV, anywhere. Your solution is fine, I, but you also said that it's you know you're fine with the way overtime is. I just don't understand some of these people, like the, the like Scott Kazmar or Sam Acho or Emmanuel Acho, who like these people just bitching about the overtime rules getting changed. Maybe just look and say, well, may, these guys need to play better. There be an incentive to win it in regulation and not have it go to overtime. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we'll see what happens if they change it or not. Who knows? But it, it, it was one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Yes, or best game since since that Rams Chiefs Monday Night game three years ago. Does that does this game win the ESPY? I know the ESPYs oh, yeah. are in the summer. It's, it's, and, yeah, it's, yeah. And we're going to see plenty more games in college basketball and the NBA. No, and, if, if we get another game like this in some sport, then holy shit, because. Baseball game, there was a, the Dodgers Astros, and it was game five of their 2017 World Series, which I thought was one of the greatest baseball games I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That, that springs to mind when it comes to this. So, yeah, a, a great game. Those those were the two best teams in the NFL, right there. I, that was that was the Super Bowl. Those were the two best teams. Yep. It happened in the divisional round. I don't care. Yep. Uh, yeah, this was, I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs should win the Super Bowl. I don't know how the fuck you stop it. Yeah. Whatever 
their problems were in the first couple months, they've uh, gotten past that. They rectified it. And they're in the mode of where now they score points 75% of the time on their drives. Yep. So. And it's like all it has to be is a switch for them because I think there are times where they get a little too cute and seem disinterested. But when I think they, they finally, whatever it is, checking down, not taking the home run every play, whatever change they've made where their offense is now better, they've made that change. So I, I don't think Cincinnati stands a chance, even though anything can happen. And, you know, I'd probably, I mean, most people want to see Rams and Chiefs. I, so I'll tell that, you that'd be a great, a great matchup with that defense I and tell, that offense. I tell you this right now. I think the Bengals match up better with the Chiefs than they would have with the Bills. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One, you know, we don't know what the Honey Badger status is going to be. We've already seen what the Bengals could do in beating the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs kind of let that game get away in third and 27, Jamar Chase, yada, yada, yada. But they have the weapons to be able to exploit the Chiefs down the field. Um, I think that... I if, Remember how after the Minneapolis Miracle, all the emotion of that game and how that maybe took a toll on the Vikings in that game against Philadelphia and they lost 38 to 7. I think that plays I think that's a possibility here that the Chiefs are a little flat, a little, you know, not nearly as filled with emotion and and maybe just a little slower cuz of everything it took to win that game against Buffalo. So I could see that happen, but I actually think Cincinnati matches up better with Kansas City than they would have with Buffalo. I'm still taking the Chiefs to win. But I don't think this is nearly the slam dunk that uh, of, a, of a win or a guarantee of a win that that you that some might think that the Chiefs would have. Bengals have not played all that well. They didn't play well against Tennessee. And they almost lost to Oakland. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they got to play very well. They got to play lights out. So, and you're probably going to have to score 35 points. So, they can do all that stuff. Don't get your quarterback sacked nine times. But, yeah, it should be. Hopefully, I mean, this has got potential to be. I mean, their first game was very good a month ago. Mm-hmm. So, if we get another game like that, I'd be, I'd be just fine with that. That'd be another... Very entertaining ballgame. Absolutely. The out, the out of the four potential matchups that we could get in the Super Bowl, the least appealing one to me is Rams Bengals. I don't want it. It's just not not there for me. Uh uh-uh, uh. Don't want it. Uh, the the one that I want the most is Bengals 49ers just because it would be you know the the third installment because we've seen you know the, anytime the Bengals have been in the Super Bowl they've played the 49ers. Granted, it's only been twice. But they're 0-2 against him. I want to see... It, that matchup would be very intriguing to me. I also think the Battle of Missouri would be incredibly intriguing. Uh, or a former Missouri teams, because the Rams obviously were from St. Louis, so there's that component there. But that would be my third... That would I Honestly, I would kind of want to see Kansas City and San Francisco again. I want to see if Jimmy G could lead the Chiefs down the field. I want to see what the Chiefs would be able to do to stop Debo Samuel. I, I want to see a rematch of that game because that, but it was the first time around. So, Bengals 49ers, then 49ers Chiefs are my one, two. I know that's a little outside the norm there. Rams Chiefs would be three, and Rams Bengals doesn't even register on the radar for me. No, thank you. I don't want it at all. Um, but that's how I would rank the four potential Super Bowl matchups. 
Rams Chiefs, number one for me. And then if it's San Francisco and Kansas City again, eh, it doesn't do much for me. We saw that once. I don't think San Francisco's as good as they were a couple of years ago. Nope. Uh, so, I mean, Rams, the Rams, Rams Chiefs, that's, that's where it's at. I think if the Ram, if it's odd if if the Bucks hadn't gone to the Super Bowl last year and and been the first home team ever to win the Super Bowl, I think there would be a heck of a lot more intrigue with me for the Rams getting in there. But it it's we've seen it; it just happened last year. So I'm not I don't like Stan Kroenke. We, we this has been well documented. I don't like the Rams owner. Um, I, Cooper Cup's amazing, and you would you know kind of feel good for Matthew Stafford. Um, I do kind of have a soft spot now for the 49ers just because of Trey Lance, even though he hasn't done shit, jack shit. Um, but, you know, that there's that. I, I want Kansas City win regardless. But I, who, I think whoever comes out of the AFC, Chiefs or Bengals, that's who I'm pulling for in the Super Bowl, re, regardless of who wins that game. I, I hope, to, of all the teams, I hope the Bengals win. Everybody else has won before. Mm-hmm. So if I had to pick a team that I want to win, it's the Bengals. So... And if it can't be them, I'd be fine with San Francisco. I because yeah. I picked them at the beginning of the year, I like, to lose to the Ravens or whatever. Yep. I picked them at the beginning here. They beat the Packers. They have just an interesting quarterback thing of the current guy is not their future guy, even though he he didn't play very well, but they won games, so it's a deal where. You're winning these games in the playoffs, and it's more of your defense than your quarterback, but you're going to move on from your quarterback. That's interesting. I think – but he played really good in that first half against Dallas, and he is dealing with not only the thumb injury, but now a shoulder injury. Uh, And he's a major reason why the 49ers are even in this spot because he played well in the second half against the Rams when they were trailing 17-0 to to lead them back. I think that's – I think Jimmy G, yes, could he play better? Absolutely. But, I mean, it's kind of, I think a similar argument could be made for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield played with a a terrible shoulder injury, and he wasn't very good, and now people want to run him out of town. Well, Jimmy G has dealt with some injuries here now uh, over the last few weeks, you know, going back to the Tennessee game there uh, right before Christmas. And... You know, he's he's working through it and stuff, but he's, it's, he's not 100%. No. Imagine this, would you, Sack? And imagine this. Yes, yes. Where would the 49ers be? They'd be in the same spot or worse, but where would they be if they had actually not taken Trey Lance in the draft? Mm-hmm. Would they had taken Kyle Pitts, who went one spot after him? Mm-hmm. Or they had taken Jamar Chase, who had went two spots after him? Uh, what if they had taken one of those guys, two guys who really haven't looked very good, mm-hmm. uh, that would be much better for them Long-term. here instead of taking a backup quarterback. Long-term future. Yeah, I think they would be in the same spot because I think they would have won the West then. I think the, the, the 49ers would have won the West. Uh, and they were a good team last year, or they had the potential to be a good team last year, but they were dogged by so many season-ending injuries, particularly like in weeks two and three when they played the Giants and the Jets. Like, that just devastated their season. So the 49ers 
have the makeup of a very, very good team. Um, yeah, could you imagine Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk? Uh, it feels like they should be better than they are on offense because they have all these guys. Yeah. And maybe Trey Lance will be that guy that will unlock some stuff and use his multidimensional ability to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because they've got – you look across the board, they've got premium guys at a lot of positions. They got the best offensive tackle. Yep. They've got a great defensive end. They got a great receiver, running back guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, well, got a, they've got a lot of good players. And their so. running back uh, depth group was has taken a major hit this year with all the injuries that they've had. I mean, Elijah Mitchell, their star is a rookie sixth round pick. And the 49ers yep. just have this knack for finding undrafted free agents or um you know late round running back picks and it's truly the system that kyle shanahan wants again that's why one of the reasons why i'd love to see him be the vikings head coach even though it's not going to happen but i mean maybe he he looks at this situation like wow look what i'm doing here i'm winning with jimmy g can he do that with um with yeah. with Trey Lance, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's staying there. He's I know there. he is. I know he is. But if you, if you can do it with Jimmy G, I feel like you could do it with with Kirk Cousins. But that, uh, that Kyle Shanahan, if he wins Sunday for the first time in his career, his record will be at five hundred or better. That's crazy. But rough start in Washington, and he's never mm-hmm. had a coaching record. Career coaching record over 500, or even at 500. Wow. So, with a win, it will be there. Some of that, though, again, is, is injuries and whatnot, but you can say it. But that's that's part of football. Oh, my and if he want, And if he wants to stay around that 500 mark, I know a guy that can make sure he will stay within a game or two. <laughs> Plus or minus around 500 for the next couple of years. Oh, KC, is that what his uh, initials might be? Uh, Yes, it would be Mr. KC himself, so. (laughs) Um, All right, so we have a couple. uh, So going into Championship Sunday, then who do you expect to be playing in the Super Bowl here come Sunday night? I expect it to be the Chiefs and the 49ers. Okay. All right, that's uh, th- those are good picks. I think I'm kind of leaning that way myself as well. There I mean, are... The Rams, show me something, Rams. You haven't beaten San Francisco in what four years? Show, show me you can beat this team. And you let one slip away uh, last week of the season, where you could have knocked this team out of the playoffs, but you let a big lead slip. So here we go again. Beat, beat a team that you just for whatever reason don't play well against. Mm-hmm. So and uh. The Rams are just too hot and cold for me. That second half yep. was atrocious. Yep. And the 49ers have won six straight against the Rams, which is and, amazing. So maybe this will be the you – know, Matt Stafford, he is uh, – he played well yesterday. He played well on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So good for him to finally do something. So if it's, if it's him, again, I, I prefer Rams, Chiefs, but I'm just going to keep riding San Francisco. So. The- well, rightfully so, because you picked him in the Super Bowl. So I, I think that's that's just fine. Uh, there's some big quarterback news, a potential big quarterback news, that Tom Brady's thinking about uh, either retiring or maybe he, he wants to leave Tampa Bay. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers might be done in Green Bay. 
Now, I would have said Aaron Rodgers was likely to come back a month ago, and now after this, and hearing some of his post-game press uh, comments about a conference press comment, or hearing some of the comments in the post-game press conference where he didn't, he took some of the blame, but wasn't like totally on. Boy, he seemed to throw some people under the bus, and you know, he kind of gave some farewell condolences, or you know, yada yada yada. I, I don't know where he's going. I think Denver or Pittsburgh make a lot of sense. I think he still could come back to Green Bay, but that's not as given that they're forty-four million dollars over the cap and all the free agents that they have. I don't think Green Bay's necessarily set up for a lot of success, uh, like to, to be able to add more pieces around him or keep the pieces that are because this was his best team by far, best defense, best. Like, oh, best overall team. Maybe not offensive pieces, but definitely on defense. This was the best defense he had had in years. It's great that they've underachieved like this for three years in a row. Yeah, most wins ever by a team in a three-year stretch without reaching the Super Bowl. 39 wins. Exceeded this. Uh, there was a three-way tie for first. The Saints were uh, had 38 from 2018 to 2020. It's great. I, if I'm the Packers, I'm not getting rid of them. They went through this song and dance a couple months ago mm-hmm. and said, yeah, we're going to keep you. So, At what point is the headache too much, though? Like, this season I thought was fine. This season seemed like to go very well for them again. It was, oh, I want to be traded. Uh, yeah, we got the one seed again. So, I, I, I'm not getting rid of him. Because I, I, I know who my backup is, and he's not going to be any good. He's not going to be, and you're not going to have Devontae Adams there either. So and then, do you think Tom Brady stays with the Bucks, or does he try? Does he just retire, or does he venture to another team? Because this news is a little more surprising to me. Uh, because if we, I was him, if I was him, one more, go one more. Um, you want it, forty-five next year's forty-five. A lot of injuries. If it wasn't for the injuries, you beat the Rams probably, and you probably reach the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So. If he comes back, I mean, they got as good a shot as anybody because there's nobody that Tampa Bay should fear in the NFC at all. Not Dallas. Certainly not Dallas. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Are you afraid of them? No, nobody should be anymore. Right. And without them, no. Vikings, certainly not. Uh, the Rams, no. Mm-hmm. So you played so awful. You couldn't have played any worse against the Rams, and you almost won. Mm-hmm. You played good for five minutes, and you almost won that game. Your own division is terrible. The Saints are not good. Panthers, Falcons are not good. So there's no reason why he shouldn't come back one more year if he wants. Because if they do, they are as capable of, uh, as anybody of, of winning it. So, um, Yeah, certain, I, I agree with that. One other thing on uh, on the Bills here, Brian Dable is going to leave, and I think he's going to be the head coach of the New York Giants because the Giants hired the assistant GM Joe Schoen or Joe Schoen, whatever his name is, from Buffalo. So I think the Giants, even though they're interviewing Dan Quinn and Leslie Frazier and blah 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 blah, blah I think Brian Dable is going to be the guy, and I think that will you'll have to keep that in mind next year with Buffalo that Josh Allen, yes. If, if the Bills can keep the same core offensive players, they should be great. 
They should be just fine, but not having that offensive coordinator will make an impact. Um, so that's one thing to consider. Uh, Why would you go to the Giants? Because you want to be a head coach. I don't know, but <laughs> why would you want to go to the Texans? It sounds like Josh McCown might get the head coaching job of the Texans as the Texans. It just it... the Giants, dude. I mean, the Giants, boy. That's there's nobody there. Do they have a single player? Just one player on the Giants that you go. You know what? At least we got this guy, Saquon Barkley, but he can't no. stay healthy. No, you got you got Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville. You look at him. You're like, you know what? He's Trevor Lawrence. We'll see what he can do. I mean, Houston won four games, which is about three more than I think anybody else thought they would. They're playing backup quarterbacks all year, you know, and and, and their division, not world beaters. Speaking you know, of the Giants, right. did you see who the Panthers hired for their offensive coordinator? No. Ben McAdoo. Jeez, I mean, some of these guys that get jobs, like, does it not matter what they do? <laughs> line of work like why why would you hire him what did he do in the interviews that, you know what look, look at what i did with the giants they were awful yes it's hire me to run your offense it's like what i don't i don't understand i don't i don't get it. it seems like none of it matters none of it matters sometimes you get guys that get jobs that shouldn't get jobs whether it's backup quarterbacks or Coaches, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. The, the Vikings, by the way, two GM finalists, a guy from uh, Kansas City and one from Cleveland. Both would be very good. I would like the Chiefs guy, the director of player personnel. He helped assemble this offensive line that the Chiefs had in this offseason. So I think he, the aggressiveness is there that I think the Vikings need. But you look at what the the Browns could do, that, that would be fine as well. So I think both are are very good candidates. I'm leaning towards Kansas City, but either one would be fine. Sounds like it's going to be the Kansas City guy if he wants it. But Ryan Poles? Yep. Or that yep. Sounds like he's going to pick between the Bears and the Vikings. If I give my time, I mean, I'd pick the Vikings. Yeah. Between those two teams. Yep. Uh, he's your guy, then... Uh, Raheem Morris was the hot topic, I guess, mm-hmm. early last week, and um, I'm sure I'll be fine with whoever they pick, because whatever. But if it's him, fine. Doesn't sound like it's going to be Eric B. Enemy. Nope. I, I, don't, I don't know who it's, I, I have no idea who it's going to be at this point. So. Uh, it, Byron, I think uh, this O'Connell, the offensive coordinator for the Rams, has a really good chance. To be it. Uh, it sounds like it's Dan Quinn, Nathaniel Hackett, and there's one other, uh, Kevin O'Connell, I believe, is also one of the, the finalists in Denver. I, if I had to venture a guess, I think it's going to be Hackett uh, because that's going to be the one way that the Broncos can try and lure Rodgers to Denver uh, would be to uh, to get Hackett, who he's, he's talked in, in very high praise about multiple times. I'm going to say Byron Leftwich goes to Jacksonville. Uh, for the Texans, I'm going to say it's either Josh McCown, Gerard Mayo, or Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I, I would guess it's Josh Mc, McNown or Josh McCown, whatever his name is. Um, the former quarterback. Yes. Yep. Like why? Like why? Because the 
Why would they do that? Why are they? That's just ridiculous. Some guy who's never done this, or he's a high school coach. Yeah. Yep. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what the fuck are they doing? They're a terribly run organization. That's what they are. <laughs> um, they they put the word fun and dysfunctional. Maybe it's 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 so bad right there um, in Houston. So I, again, I'm gonna go day a dab or Dable to uh, to the Giants. I Harbaugh the Harbaugh steam to the Raiders doesn't sound. I, I think the Raiders still have to go with Basaccia. I, I think that's just the, the move they have to go. Dan Quinn might be left out in the cold here. I think he he could be getting a job here either with uh, the maybe he's the head coach of the Bears. Maybe that's who the Bears turn to um, if. Because I think Quinn's got a good chance to either land in... It's either him or Hackett in Denver. I think that's... Those are the two. And I think it, I think it will be O'Connell or Raheem Morris in Minnesota. Those are... The, that's that's my guess. The next thing is, can you... Do you want to trade the quarterback off? So. And that's the, the question that they're going to have. It's, it's tough. That's why... I think they can do it if they eat some of the money. Mm-hmm. They owe them $10 million anyway, so if they want to bump that up to maybe $20 million just to get rid of them. Well, and there's a, a rumor out there that they're still in on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. That would excite me very much. It would, but I want to make sure he's a model citizen because I don't... At this point, what has it been, a year? How long has this been? It's been a, lo- it's been a long time. If, if nothing but... has happened at this point, then I'm going to I... consider him... I... I don't want to consider him innocent, but... I, Give me something. I mean, this, again, this, this should not take this long. We've we've just talked about high character, and we you know we talked about Adrian Peterson a lot here too. So I can't you know, and if he did do, like, I, don't, sexual, I don't consider the guy they have a very high character guy at all. So well, but if sexual assaulting women is not is something that you want your star player to have hanging over his head, if that's what if the Vikings do indeed go with Deshaun Watson, I can't I can't say that I would they seem to be okay with their quarterback beating kids so they're they're running back beating kids so I can't I know but we, I can't say that this is any better or that. worse than that but we hated him for that and then they ended up releasing yeah. him so it, I, it, nobody cares about Deshaun Watson's they just I, don't this is football I like just, you can beat your wife you can point a gun in her mouth yeah you can snort a trailer full of cocaine yeah are you a good football player oh, okay Antonio we, Brown you're mentally ill as Anybody, yeah. yeah, just keep on playing. No, his good. mental health is good. Didn't you see that report? <laughs> he said, "Yeah, he's, he's completely fine. He's a completely rational human being. He sure is." <laughs> so, actually, Dan Quinn could end, or Brian Flores could end up in Chicago. Maybe that's more. Maybe Dan Quinn goes to Miami. I don't know. This is just somebody hire somebody. Jesus Christ! Well, I I like that they're waiting until these guys are out of the playoffs. That's. I think we're going to start to see more of the the front office hires and stuff. That's why I think uh, you know it sounds like Brian Dable, who I've mentioned several times already, he's going to have an interview on Tuesday, his second interview with the Giants. I think it's his. I think that that's the first domino that falls, and it's in part because Buffalo is out of the playoffs. That's why we're not going to have anything on Bienemy. We're not going to have anything on D'Amico Ryan's or, or O'Connell or Morris and stuff with the Rams because they're still in the playoffs. So we're not going to hear any of this stuff. We're not going to have any head coaching news at this time. You're going to get the GM stuff here first, uh, and I think the Vikings will will have that here by midweek. 
then then we'll I think by the by next week the Vikings will have their head coach. Um, if you could do all this and get me to Sean Watson and Aaron Rodgers leaves, that would be the perfect offseason. Even if even if they don't get Watson and Rodgers leaves, aren't the Vikings the favorite? Yes, but I, they're the Vikings again. I know, I know. And yes, the, the Watson trade would I think add some excitement, provided that his that his legal situations are done and he's not going to end up on any you know commissioner's exemplist doesn't get suspended and says no like this is what happened. It, you just need to prove to me that you're a model citizen, then, and I can and I can get more on board with this. But we're even if again if Rogers leaves, the Vikings are the the cream of the crop in the NFC North. I, it's, you would think so, but we know who we're dealing with here. So. We do. We do. Yeah, if he were to leave, we'd be like, yes, Vikings win this division. And then all of a sudden the Bears have one of those type <laughs> right. of years and the, the, the Bears. Yep. Or the Lions come out of nowhere. Or all of a sudden Jordan Love is good in a couple of years. Oh, yeah, they got another Hall of Fame quarterback. It's just. I don't think that's. I think we. Uh, very unlikely. Yeah, very, very unlikely. But, by the way, Daniel. With, Jer- Watts, with Watson, he's making just as much, if not more, than Cousins. So mm-hmm. you got to figure that contract out. Well, and that's where you could maybe trade, like, straight up Watson for Cousins, plus, you know, throw a first round pick or two. I don't know. Texans want a lot for him, so I don't want to. I don't want to mortgage the farm. Well, I can't the- imagine the Houston Texans are strapped on the salary cap. I assume they can take on quite a bit of salary because yes, they, can. they tore everything down. So they I'm did. assuming, hey, you want to take Anthony Barr? You want to take some other contract to which we're going to just cut a player anyway? Mm-hmm. That, that would be helpful. So yeah, they got to make a lot of changes. They'll figure it out, mm-hmm. but. I assume Kirk Cousins will be there one more year, but if he wasn't, Jesus Christ, that would be, I'd be as excited I've, I, I, I've been in a long time. I know, yeah, yeah. it would, uh, again, it would, it would certainly excite the fan base. And, sure. and yeah. the possibility of Rodgers being there in two years, doing the Brett Favre, mm-hmm. getting traded to wherever. I, I soured on that now just with his, his shenanigans this season. He's not a good guy. Like Brett yeah, Favre. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. I don't like him anymore. I loved him. thought it was great. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, but that's bad. But I'll overlook it. Come here. Do, do what nobody else has done. Right. Uh, and yep. he, he'd come here. I'm sure he'd do fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wouldn't win a Super Bowl because nobody can. But that would be uh, – I don't that would, that would, that would, – Just get me excited. That would get me very excited yep. about the team that I'm not very excited about at all. I cannot recall – uh, like just a more universal ha- joy and happiness and jokes being made at one specific player, like what's been going on with Rodgers after the Packers lost. Obviously, you know, Packers fans want to win and stuff, but outside of that, no one was actively cheering for Rodgers because they think he's a bum and a bad person, which he is. He's a bad person. But it, there's just all the jokes about the shots and the vaccine, like immunized and all. It's just... Every everyone was coming out of the woodwork with these jokes after Saturday night's uh, shocking loss to San Francisco. I just don't recall any ever like in a while. Again, maybe this is me just being prisoner of the moment here, and I, I don't mean to be. I, I legitimately can't remember one player on a team being actively targeted by so many people because they didn't want him to succeed. Because he's an idiot. 
Well, he is, he's but a I, freaking I, moron. Can you think of another situation or scenario in in the NFL where that that was the case? Obviously, there are so many people like, oh, we hate the you know them because they're so good, or we just don't like this team. You know, they're rivals, or we just don't like this team in general. But it's geared towards one guy, and that I just like Tom Tom Brady or whoever, but but for completely different reasons, right. not because of Brady's people thing. are sick of him, just because he's an idiot. Because he nice. doesn't know what he's talking about, right. so it's 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 good. I was going to tweet this out, but I didn't. I wanted to say it's it's good when bad things happen to terrible people, and that's what happened. A bad thing happened to a terrible person, and that makes me happy. Yes, it does. Yep, absolutely. It is an amazing how it's just how public opinion has just soured and turned on him so quickly. It's it's fantastic. I love it. Um, yeah. Because it couldn't happen to a worse person. Well, there are a lot of bad people out there that are worse than Aaron Rodgers. But he ranks up there. He uh-huh. certainly does. So that's great to see. So, yeah, a lot of NFL there. Um, do, what else do we need to cover? College basketball? Uh, we, we've seen some upsets here. I'm telling you, keep uh, keep an eye on my Wyoming squad. They take on Boise State oh. this week in the Mountain West. Right now, the, the Mountain West is poised to have four teams in the tournament along with the West Coast Conference. Look out. They're not better than the Pac-12. Yes, indeed. Oregon's back in this, though. Hey, come on. Oh, great. Like, Will Richardson just turning it on. That's what happens when you beat the SoCal teams. It's just... Yeah. Congratulations to them. Um, so, we have that uh, that going on here. SDSU survived. Uh, really didn't show up or didn't take St. Thomas seriously. I tell you what, St. Thomas is going to be a force in the, in the Summit League for a long time. I think they're going to be the team to beat here, I would say, within the next three to four years. Consistently. Because they're going to get all They'll these guys. They'll be in the mix. They're going to get all these guys from the Twin Cities. That's fine. SDSU gets random guys from Nebraska. Well, that and that's true. I think that what did, SDSU is the best until proven otherwise. They're what is, good for them, but it's, that's fine. What's good? Yeah, I mean, and they should be. I mean, they're at St. Thomas. They'll be it's, it's SDSU, Will Roberts, North Dakota State. Those are the only three men's teams that are relevant mm-hmm. in this conference. And again, at Augustana, and I think Augustana would be would be better than anybody else except those three. Mm-hmm. And St. Thomas, you want to add St. Thomas in there? It's like add teams that are good to your conference. You want to be like the women were four years ago when they had what they had four teams in the top one hundred. Yep. They had IUPUI, Western Illinois. They had good years. And SDSU and USD, they had four teams in the top hundred. That was great. Yep. And they never touched that since. And the men, Oral Roberts, they've had a good run. North Dakota State's always competitive. SDSU, maybe having their best year they've had. Mm-hmm. Like, add teams that are good. Raise your national profile with good teams. Not teams from fucking Kansas City that don't matter. Like, quit quit adding those teams. Well, would you... I, I tweeted this out the other day, but there's some movement potential... Uh, there's some potential movement, again, in, in conference realignment and everything like that. Uh, Western Illinois has been rumored to maybe be a target of the Ohio Valley. Please, and, please get rid of them. And, please leave this conference. And let me find for travel, you. I think for travel it would work for them. Yep. That would be a great subtraction to this league. Yeah, Take but, them out at Augustana. You got a great little bunch there. Yep. Uh, the, the, the Ohio Valley 
is because they've, they've lost a lot there. The only school that they've added right now is Little Rock. Little Rock moving from the Sun Belt. But um, the league is seeking further expansion, naming potential targets as Western Illinois and Arkansas Pine Bluff, along with uh, some D2 schools. So the Ohio Valley turning into a bit of a joke. Uh, let me find this other one, though, here, because uh, I saw Kansas City get mentioned. Let me find it here. Um Kansas City to yeah another conference. It's like yeah, finally leave. Well, they're, a, they're, they're gonna... a team that I would prefer not be in this conference because they don't add anything. They're not good. Their media market doesn't matter. Apparently, it the, is... the CAA is targeting Monmouth and Hampton and Stony Brook, three schools from three different conferences. Monmouth sure. out of the MAC, uh, Stony Brook out of the American East, and Hampton out of the Big South. So that's something to. To keep an eye on here. Uh, when, I, when I was talking a little bit a couple weeks ago about North Dakota State and them moving yep. up for football. Yep. And like the Mountain West would make the most sense. Like for for regional stuff, like none of it matters anymore. Mm-hmm. You've got the big the Big Twelve has BYU in it. <laughs> and Central and they also, Florida. And Central Florida. Yep. They have a team from Florida and Utah in your conference. Yep. When that happens, your your regional footprint doesn't matter. The Big 12 is not in the middle of the country anymore. Mm-hmm. It's out in the fucking Utah mountains and out in the goddamn Florida swamps. And it's in Houston and in Texas. It's all around. Yep. So that doesn't matter. And you know, the SEC expanding. And when the ACC's got teams in fucking Florida and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania... It's like Jesus Christ, and when the big uh, the big teams got teams in New Jersey, in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. it's like and Maryland. The, the region regions don't matter anymore, right? So. And when the Pac-12, I'm sure the Pac-12 would have loved Texas a few years ago. Texas is now in the Pacific region of this country, mm-hmm. so it, it, those things do not matter to me, and they obviously don't matter to the conferences because I mean the Summit League has teams in Oklahoma and. They had a team in Indiana a couple of years ago. So I can't find what I'm looking for here, but I know I saw Kansas City has been rumored to. Uh, oh, here it is in the Missouri Valley. Kansas City might be moving to the Missouri Valley. And if you're them, why would you want Kansas City? I don't the media market, but that doesn't make sense. Why is none of yeah that, that argument doesn't make any sense why, to me? Watch why? the local news at night in Kansas City. And tell me where the hell they're showing UMKC highlights. Like, I was, I look at this, and I was in Nashville at Tennessee State. Yep. And nobody cared about Tennessee State athletics in the city of Nashville. Yeah. You had, I just go through the, the list in my head sometimes of what things took priority in the sports world over Tennessee State. And there's like 10, literally 10 things higher uh, literally, number one will probably be the Titans. Yep. You have Nashville Predator hockey. Yep. You have Vanderbilt in town. Yes. That's a bigger deal. You have yeah. Belmont yes. basketball. That Belmont is obviously a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. You have just the SEC in general. You have yep. Tennessee Volunteers in Knoxville, three hours east, yep. a bigger deal. All the other SEC teams are bigger deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baseball, St. Louis Cardinals, Atlanta Braves, those are bigger deals than Tennessee. You have to get so far down the list. Memphis uh, Memphis Grizzlies basketball. Memphis Memphis is three hours southwest. 
it's like Tennessee State doesn't register. They had, they were the, they, they were on like ESPN U or ESPN News the other week. Mm-hmm. With the game, there was nobody there. I was literally there were literally there may have been ten people on the side they were showing huh. ten people, and I'm like, yes, that is a usual game. Yeah, if they would come up with the, with attendance figures sometime. Like I could literally just look and count the people, mm-hmm. and I'd look in the crowd and they'd be. There's literally 50 people for this college basketball game. Yep. Um, so, media market, it's like, no. Give me give me a Brookings. Give well, me a I would, SDSU. That's who, what who, I would, puts, who puts 10,000 people in an arena every March? People from Brookings and Sioux Falls yeah. in South Dakota. And, sure as fuck isn't people from Kansas City. And that's what I was just going to say. It's like, why are you – why would you add a – a, a, a program like Kansas City that isn't good, that doesn't have any real tradition, and st- you could add the Bison and you could add the Jackrabbits, teams that are good that would make your conference better basketball-wise. You know, the only reason you would add Kansas City is for that media market. That's it, though. But as you said, what's, what, what do you think Kansas City sports is going to lead off? They're going to lead off with Kansas. They're going to lead off with the University of Kansas, and then they're going to go to Kansas State, like if, if, if I'm just talking colleges, and then probably the University of Missouri, and then the Chiefs, and yeah. then the Royals, and then, maybe, and then, and then St. Louis, then St. Louis stuff, right. yeah, and then St. St. Louis stuff, yeah, and then maybe it's like, maybe you get it, and the Chiefs will lead off regardless. I'm just looking at like the collegiate wise. You got three colleges easily. Before you would get to to Kansas City, and then maybe would they even consider talking Missouri State down in Springfield? Yeah, and, and none of these things make sense to me. And these are people like these are athletic directors mm-hmm. and conference commissioners that are literally in. Like this is their jobs. Yeah, and they look at Kansas City and they say, "Oh, like, I just don't understand why you would want why the Summit League wanted them back, why the WAC wanted them, and they want to move again. I don't know why they want to." So for Kansas City, it's great. Yeah, let me let me go to the Missouri Valley. Absolutely. Why the Missouri Valley would want them, I have no idea, and I will never understand that. It it just doesn't bring. But I mean, why the hell do they still have Evansville? But yeah. <laughs> Evansville is more of a. Oh, how dare you disrespect the purple places? I'm sorry. I, yes. I, I, they, I'm like for them. They. I've been to their arena once. It is a very. It is a nice arena. It is. It is very nice. That's where they've moved the Ohio Valley tournament. Now, yeah, that's a that's a from the from the auditorium nice so. in Nashville to this lovely facility, the Ford Center or something in in Evansville. It's very nice, but they they play uh, they played it at the municipal auditorium in downtown Nashville, an old historic building. Um, and it was much smaller than I thought it was. And it was not. It was an old building. The, the seats looked like they came from the old Sioux Falls Arena, like that. that yeah, it, it's old wooden seats. It is not. Yeah. A, it's an old building, so yeah, they good for them to move. So that that's interesting. There, uh, Auburn with a big win over Kentucky. Auburn continues to impress and move the needle. So that's a team to look out for. Uh, if I had to pick anybody to win it all, I'd pick them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're trending in the they're number one for the first time. Yep. And we're still a ways away. So things I also like the Cardinals for football a couple months ago, and that was bad. So at the moment, uh, Auburn 
Yeah, Auburn's probably number one. Arizona, UCLA, Pac-12 battle, top 10 teams. We make fun of the Pac-12 being such a bad conference, but Tuesday night at 10 o'clock Central Time, Arizona against UCLA, number three versus number seven. That is a big game. Uh, Let's see. I mean, Providence, look out for – hey, we love Ed Cooley. We love Ed Cooley. Uh, They're having a great year. So – uh, Providence against Xavier, a battle of top 10 teams. And we got the, of course, North Dakota schools coming to Brookings here on the men's side. So that's good. And then the, the Jacks have to travel up to Grand Forks on Monday to play a, a makeup game there. Uh, just seeing any other. The, the, the women. Yeah. The women scored 114 points. Oh, my gosh. They were just incredible. It was like 20, it was 20 to 3 at, right out of the so, gates. I mean, we'll see if. I don't think I'll be at the Summer League. Um, that Tuesday night, I've got a game somewhere. Mm. So that puts a damper on that. Yep. But, um, yeah, them in USD. They, I mean, USD's playing, now they should not lose again. Nope. They've got the nation's largest winning streak. They won 13 in a row. They've got four losses. So... I guess USU needs to win that game. USD, would they get in with five losses? I don't know. I don't think they have any quality wins. Mm-hmm. But that is a, yeah. SDSU, they got to be better than the first time. So, And then the men. The men are having one of their great seasons. So Yes. I, this is, I think, just the depth. And Zeke Mayo, a fantastic freshman. But they're, they're getting it from everyone. Um, Their offense, they were... They're in the top three in points scored, field goal percentage, and three-point shooting percentage. And for, like, the first time ever, their free throws are really good. They're making, like, 40% of their threes, their offense. Like 60%? People will say when it comes to March, look out for this team because they score a lot of points. Yep. And if you get hot from three, if you you can shoot the way they shoot, they have a good shot of maybe winning a game for once. So they've got... We've got an excellent offense thus far. Look at the look at the point totals that they have put up in January so far. 84 against South Dakota on January 8th. 95 against Omaha on January 13th. 80 against Denver on January 15th. 92 this last Thursday against St. Thomas. 93 against Western Illinois. The fewest points they've scored in the game is 80 points this month. Like, that's incredible. Like, I've been waiting for them to... Have a season like this. Mm-hmm. Like, roll, roll through everybody. You are better than everybody. Yep. Beat everybody. Don't lose to anybody. Don't lose three conference games. Well, is Win that... out. Get, get like a 12 seed. Just play up to your capabilities. There, there, Don't lose in the first round. There are do, two... not make, do not make the conference tournament close. Mm-hmm. Win convincingly. There are two games left that are real legitimate questions, I think. At USD on February 5th. And then at Oral Roberts on February 24th. Those are it in terms of games that you can be like, oh, they might lose this game. That You could see it happening. They play NDSU this week, I think. Yes, they do. But that's like, I, I'm more concerned about that than USD. So. And I'm not because, I mean, but then again, North Dakota State just beat Oral Roberts. And North Dakota State did the Jackrabbits a tremendous favor this last week by beating Oral Roberts on the road. Because awful. Just awful. Just embarrassing. <laughs> They, 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 they lose by three. UMKC, I think, went on a 20 nothing run. North Dakota State didn't score for like 10 minutes. Yep. 
they lose by three. If you want to know how good UMKC is, they do all that and they win by three. Right. But then the Bison beat Oral Roberts the next night. So the, the Jacks right now have a game-and-a-half cushion, two-and-a-half game lead. It's it, it looks fairly good, I think. You know, for again, I, I'm only concerned about USD, which I'm not all that concerned about, and Oral well, Roberts, which isn't as good as this year. So, yeah, Oral Roberts. Besides them, that's it. So. so, should be good. Anything else? Anything else that we haven't gotten to yet that we need to? Uh, who tweeted this out? Uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted this out. Under the current OT scoring rules in the NFL, uh-huh. uh, in the playoffs, we said those teams that won the toss were ten and one. Yep. Um, what do you think their winning percentage is during the regular season, including playoffs? So there's been 163 overtime games over the last 10, 12 years. However long this has been in, in implemented. Mm-hmm. What there's been 163 games. Yeah. The team that won the coin toss has won how many percentage of those games? 60%. 52. See, so it's a, it's an anomaly it's in not, the playoffs. Yeah. It's, they've won 86. They've lost 67. So they've won 19 more than they've lost. 10 of them have been ended in ties. And some of them have – some people have said, well, we just need a different overtime rule for the playoffs. Okay, that's fine. I don't like changing rules like that. I don't like baseball's rule putting the guy in second was Dumb. atrocious. Yes. They, they got rid of it finally. Yep. It was terrible. So I, I don't like changing things. And I don't like, you know, things altering things being altered. Just keep it the same. Yep. Yeah. Until there's, until there, there is something so egregious. This wasn't egregious. Buffalo couldn't stop him. That's where we end it. Uh, Bulls injured. Uh, oh, our, our buddy Grayson Allen got suspended one oh, game yeah, for injuring Alex Caruso of the Bulls. That's a bunch of bullshit, if you ask me. Uh, we we don't like Grayson Allen. He's a dick. He was a dick at Duke. He is a bad person. Uh, one game is. And I get that. The the result of the injury, it wasn't the play, but it you know the play resulted in Caruso getting injured. That's that that's a real shitty proposition. Yeah, he's a great defender, so he'll be back for the playoffs, but he's out for six to eight weeks, broken wrists. But yeah, things like that seem to happen with Grayson Allen because of the way he plays. So, and uh, hockey day in Minnesota. I know you celebrated it. Oh uh, yes, I did by um, doing what I normally do. So. <laughs> Wild win that, that that capped a great Saturday night. Watching the Wild or watching the Packers lose to the 49ers on a last second field goal, and then watching the Wild win in overtime. Very good way uh, to end Hockey Day, Minnesota. Anything else we need to get to? Should be good. I mean, it's just one of the greatest sporting things I've ever seen. Yeah, it, I mean, was. Buffalo, it was a good game. It was really good. Obviously, at Cleveland football, two good teams. A very well played game, and then those last last two minutes were amazing. So, the likes of which we yeah. will likely not see again for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. So, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, get some good football because, as as I said to begin, I thought the first two games were terrible. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're kind of swaying me on this. You're swaying me. So, yeah. 
Indeed. Well, you have a great week. Uh, what what can we expect on taking time with Travis this week? I don't know. Um, author Jeff Perlman, he's maybe my favorite author. He's got books out there. I, he's probably going to be on next week. Okay. So there's that. Um, I've been trying to get some people on, so I'm probably going to talk something about football. Mm-hmm. So we will see. So right. I've sent some messages out. Nobody's responded yet. So I would imagine it'll be an NFL thing, maybe a Packers something or other or something with the with that Bills Chiefs game. Yeah. And um, maybe Baseball Hall of Fame. That's going to be out this week. Oh, okay. I want to get somebody on to talk about that. Will, will Bonds and Clemens make it? Oh, you're going to get Timmy Kirchin on. <laughs> I, I'll try. I, I mean, he did it once. So like when you, when you get somebody, because I ask, some people that are well yeah. known to be on it, and I don't get a response. Yeah, but somebody like him, who's as big as any of those guys, and you, you watch him on TV, and he's a likable guy. He sure is. One of the and best. then when he does something like this with something he's never heard of in a place he's never been, he's like, "Sure, I'll do your stupid little show." And he does that, and you're like, "Oh yeah, he's that's great." He's so. as down to earth as they come. He's as good of a, he's as genuine of a person as you can get. So that's great. So. Yeah, probably something football-related and something uh, with, with the Baseball Hall of Fame. So we, we will see. All right. Very good. Well, I uh, wish you the best of uh, luck and success in that this week. Uh, enjoy Conference Championship Week, and we will talk to you next week, my friend. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. As always, a lot of good stuff there. And, hey, that is just great that – we somewhat agree on the overtime. I mean, you have all these people just complaining and bitching about, you know what? Again, Buffalo, come up with a stop. It happens. So, uh, really like, um, really like this. This is just, it, it's great. And you, you saw it on Good Morning Football. Kyle Brandt didn't like it, but, it, you know, he, he was kind of more in the Bills Mafia corner. So, that's understandable. It's just, it's very good. I like, um... I think there are a lot of prisoners of the moment on Sunday night, and uh, hopefully they're waking up this week and realizing, eh, you know what? Probably, probably should uh, have done something different. Or, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm coming around. Yeah, it sucked, but the Bills, they lost this game. And that's where we're going to be. We're just going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast quick with a look back at Divisional Week and make our conference uh, championship picks which I, I mean, I went 6-0 in wildcard week. I went 0-4 in the divisional playoffs. I told you I didn't know really kind of what was going on. I could see all this stuff happening. And the Titans, I mean, they, they Ryan Tannehill throws a pick on his first pass of the game. And the, the Titans defense sack, sacks Joe Burrow nine times. And yet the Titans didn't really choose to run it. Or A.J. Brown destroyed the Bengals secondary. Why not throw to him more? I don't know what the Titans were doing. But they throw a pick at the end, like trying to drive down and kick their own game-winning field goal. They throw a pick. Then Joe Burrow hits Jamar Chase for 20 yards. Evan McPherson, rookie kicker from Florida, makes a 52-yard field goal. His second 50-plus-yard field goal of the day. He was great. Bengals win 19-16. Their move, I think it's their first ever like postseason road win in franchise history, which is somewhat amazing. But they're on to the AFC Championship game. Then, you know, to cap the night off, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers score a touchdown on their first drive of the game. And then they, they're driving down again, and Mercedes Lewis fumbles it, and all the momentum for the Packers' offense just died right there. It was bad. 
And, you know, the, the 49ers can't get anything going offensively, but they block a field goal at the end of the first half. Still 7-0. They score a field goal in their first possession of the second half. And then a blocked punt in the fourth quarter. 49ers recover it, run it in, tie the game up at 10. Robbie Gold kicks a field goal because Aaron Rodgers tried to find Devontae Adams on third and 12, and he was double-covered. Aaron Rodgers was flustered or confused. I don't know, one of the two. And Robbie Gold kicks a game-winning field goal thanks to Debo Samuel picking up nine yards on third and seven. Uh, it's just it, fantastic. 49ers win 13-10. F you, Aaron Rodgers. F you, Packers was yelled by multiple 49ers. It was great. Just absolutely great. Uh, Lambeau stunned. Then on Sunday, we have the the Rams and the Bucks. Rams jump out to a twenty to three lead. They're they're tormenting Tom Brady and the Bucks. It could have been twenty seven three if Cam Akers doesn't fumble at the end of the first half. It's recovered by the Bucks. They get up twenty seven to three. Cooper Cup's doing damage, and then the Bucks kind of just keep keep it close. The Rams did what they ever they could. To, I mean, they had four turnovers. It was so bad. They they just fumbles and bad play. He had a missed field goal from 47 yards. Tom Brady found uh, Mike Evans for a long touchdown pass to make it 27-20. Then the Bucks force a fumble, and Dominican Sue forced Cam Akers to fumble. Then they run it in. Leonard Fournette ties the game up. You're going to overtime here with like less than 30 seconds left, or less than a minute left. Everything's looking good. And then Matthew Stafford finds Cooper Cup twice. The Bucks couldn't all-out blitz, and, and Stafford lays it perfect to, to cup on a rainbow pass. They kick the game-winning field goal and win 30-27. to 27. And then, as we mentioned, the game of the year, game of the it, – it's the best game ever. Certainly in the playoffs and probably best NFL game ever. Bills and Chiefs, back and forth. It's 26-21. The Bills had just uh, stopped the Chiefs from getting in the end zone after uh, Tyreek Hill's masterful punt return to the 16 where he was tackled by the punter. Uh, Josh Allen leads the Bills down the field. It's 4th and 13. They have to go for it. Uh, just past the two-minute warning. And he hits Gabriel Davis wide open for a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, two-point conversion. They're up 29-26. Then the, the the Chiefs score right after that. Tyreek Hill, like a 62-yard touchdown pass. It was just incredible. The, the run, the speed that this guy has is incredible. It, it, with a minute two left, it's 33-29. to 29. Like, that might be too much time considering the Bills have three timeouts. They hit Gabriel Davis a couple of times, as Josh Allen does. And then uh, Cole Beasley, and then they find it, he finds Davis wide open. Uh, a couple guys run into each other. It's just it was bad play by the Chiefs. And 13 seconds left, and you kick it through the end zone. Rather than squib kick it, force the Chiefs to use a little bit of clock. They don't do that. Then uh, hit Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and get in a field goal range because the Bills play terrible defense, kick the game-winning field goal. Chiefs win the toss in overtime. Well, actually, because the Bills called tails. Tails never fails. Did in this case. Chiefs got it. It was heads. And they go down and score. Nicole Hardman, a big pass, and then Travis Kelsey for the game-winning touchdown, 42-36. Game over. Chiefs win. Twitter explodes. FO overtime rules suck. No, you, you, you just don't know. Stop. Just stop. Stop all of you. What a game. It's just, it was an incredible game. And yeah, you know what? Maybe the endings were great. But the overall football, like Travis said, Saturday wasn't great. He's kind of swaying me on that. But overall, this was a great week of football. Um, The best game ever. Chiefs, Bills. No doubt about it. And we go to Championship Sunday. It is the Cincinnati Bengals, the fourth seed at the two seed Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. 3.05 p.m. Eastern, 2.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I, I think the Bengals match up well with the Chiefs. 
for Chiefs making history, for, uh, four straight AFC Championship games hosted. No one's ever done that. Uh, the previous high was three done by Andy Reid's Eagles. Andy Reid's the coach of the Chiefs. He's a masterful head coach. I think the Chiefs get the job done. They exuded a lot of offensive or like energy, but they'll be fine for this one. This wasn't, they'll be okay. They're playing at home. I think they get the job done. They beat the Bengals. But again, I'm a little worried about this just given what Jamar Chase and company did to the Chiefs last time around. But we'll take the Chiefs and then 49ers at Rams, the sixth seed against the, the four seed in the NFC, 6.40 p.m. Eastern, 5.40 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I'm going to take the, the – do you take the 49ers here? How banged up? I, I don't know if Trent Williams playing. I don't know, you know, Debo Samuels, George Kittle. How how hurt are they? That that depends. I think right now I'm kind of leaning towards the Rams. I hope the 49ers win. I want to see that. I want to see Debo. But I'm leaning Rams right now. Well, official picks and predictions can be found in the stackstackattack.sportsblog.com and our Football Friday post. I want to thank you all for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find us on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Crins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Uh, next week, we'll try and get Jeff Lloyd, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, and our resident draft expert with a lot of these college um, all star games coming up here to talk about who can make, uh, make a name for themselves at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. So we'll, we'll talk. Hopefully with him next week, get him on. We'll recap championship week. Uh, we'll talk about college basketball. We'll talk about everything in the world of sports. The Vikings may have a new head coach by that point or a GM. We'll talk about all the head coaching news. So we'll get to it all next week. Uh, again, Sportsblock Podcast, f- podcast.com. Follow Travis on Twitter at Travis Grins and, and take a listen to his uh, Taking Time with Travis, especially if you're in the Mitchell, South Dakota area. It's very good. Um, so highly recommend it. Two episodes down. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, I'm Nathan Stack, and I'm catching my breath. I'm going to get some rest because that was a wild weekend. So for all of us here, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Amazing football. Hopefully we get another one. A great Sunday next uh, this coming week. We'll react to it next week on the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.